today's topic is going to be concept. We're going to be talking about concept and basically uh, everything you need to know about coming up with a movie idea. It's a very exciting thing to sell a script. It's a very exciting thing to get a script bought and, and made and released. But to me, it's the whole process is exciting. The title of this talk is Pitch Me Your Movie. What does it mean to uh, come up with, conceptualize, and relate a movie to somebody else? To me, this is the most important thing about the process. Uh, if you don't have a great movie idea, I say in Save the Cat and in my workshops all around the world now, if you don't have a great concept, go no further. Uh, the idea, the concept, the poster, the premise of your movie is the movie. And if you don't have one that grabs our attention, if you don't have one that um, falls into line and makes us want to run and see your film, no amount of hard work, no amount of elbow grease, diligence, uh, you know, long hours will help uh, an idea that doesn't, doesn't play. So I'm not just trying to be commercial in, in the sense of, you know, uh, getting an idea that you uh, can get across and sell. This is about communication. This is about a, a, a topic that goes beyond just screenwriting. It is about getting and keeping someone's attention from the very first moment we, we suggest a concept or a movie idea. So today, we're going to be talking about several aspects of that. We're going to be talking about concept, why concept is king. You may not believe me when I say that, but I'll give you evidence and proof, I think, of what, uh, that that is true. We're also going to be talking about uh, the, the problem of what is it. It's something I talk about in, in, in the book in Save the Cat. Um, what is your movie and how do we know what it is? We're going to be talking about the difference between a pitch and a log line. What, what is the difference between me telling you in a few words uh, what this idea is versus the, the official log line, sort of this, the mini story of what that is? And both things are very essential in terms of communicating your idea. We're also going to be talking about the four basic things that a good logline has and the four elements that really separate the good ones from the, from the bad ones or the, the really successful loglines from the just okay ones. And finally, uh, I hope to get to, at the, at, at, if time permitting, I'm sure if time will permit, uh, but what are they looking for? Many writers ask me all the time, what are they, they looking for? They being buyers, studios, producers, people who are interested in, in, in buying your script. All of this for, for we spec screenwriters um, boils down to coming up with an idea that will be more like 40-year-old virgin than the island. Uh, some, somewhere in the concept of 40-year-old virgin is something that is attractive to people, something about the concept of the island is not. Can we define what works and what doesn't? We absolutely can. See, for, to me, what the, the exciting part about this is whether you have never written a screenplay before or whether you are... Um, a, a professional who's, who's done this many times. Our job is really the same, and it really starts up front with this little acorn of a notion that we're going to, to pitch out. Well, how do we, how do, we do that? Um, we're, uh, we're creative people. Uh, I am a, a writer who has my notebook with me at all times. At the, at the height of my career, uh, I, I, I carried my notebook with me constantly and was all, went through notebook after notebook, doing nothing but sitting down and jotting down ideas. Uh, to, to me, it was, it's, it was the most fun of all. And when you come up with a, a good one, uh, I mean, it's like it's, it's so exciting. Because not only do you think oh, I can make this into a great story. But 
you are anxious to tell someone else about it. The ones that are really the ones that work to me are the ones where you write down or come up with a notion and suddenly you go, oh, I have got to tell people this idea. I've got to get this out because it's so exciting. And that's where we also fall into um, bad habits as well. Um, the, the kind of indicating factor that you might not, ha might not have a great idea comes when um, you, you hold back on that idea. Um, I had this experience a couple of years ago. Um, I had just uh, come out with the book Save the Cat. I was doing a, a lot of uh, radio interviews and, and magazine interviews. And my, my thing was to tell interviewers, you know, the most important thing for any screenwriter to do is to tell their idea, to pitch it. I was a big, I was a big believer in going to Starbucks, buttonholing the guy in the, in the line in front of you and telling them what you were working on. So I got through, had just gotten through telling this to a reporter from NPR one evening at a book signing that I, atten I um, had conducted. And um, she said, well, uh, are, are, are you working on any ideas? Well, yeah, I was. But guess what? I didn't want to tell her what it was. I didn't want to tell her about it. Why? Because I'd come up with this idea that I thought at the time was so good, was such gold, that I didn't want the audience in listening on NPR to steal it. Ah, indicating factor number one that you may have a problem. The other thing that I, I didn't want to, the reason I didn't want to tell um, this reporter about my idea was um, I, I was just about to write it. I was just about to forego everything I tell writers to do, which is kind of block out their story. I just decided to write fade in and kind of let her rip and go because I was so excited about this idea. Um, well, Finally, of course, when my, uh, my manager, uh, who, who I'd been stalling as well, um, demanded that I tell him what this was about. I was just about to go off down the road of writing Fade In and writing a whole script, and I hadn't told him what this movie was yet. Well, I, could, I couldn't because it was so great. I just, I just wanted to keep it to myself. Well, finally, he, we, we met, and I finally told him what the idea was, and, and here was my, my pitch. The movie was called Twinkle. <laughs> bereft by the death of his wife, Santa Claus has 48 hours to go to Manhattan, find love, and save Christmas. Mm, yeah, don't say it. Everyone else did. <laughs> bad idea. Why is this a bad idea? Well, there's so many reasons. Number one, did, did my manager told me as I was sitting there gleefully telling him this wonderful thing, did I know that Tim Allen already did this movie? It, it was a movie called Santa Claus 2, and he kind of did it the right way. He started with not with Santa Claus, but with a human being, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, also, did I see any problem with starting my wonderful family holiday film with Mrs. Claus, probably the most beloved character in all of literature, dead in a graveyard in the North Pole? There were so many problems attached to this idea. What, what would happen? How would you transform jolly St. Nick as he leaves the North Pole and goes on his spree in Manhattan into a bankable motion picture star? Oh, that's easy. I, I had the answer for that. He goes through a machine. He becomes Tom Hanks on the other side. And, of course, my manager said in, when he meets the girl of his dreams, Annette Benning, will she go back? through the machine and become like Mrs. Claus? Like, well, I hadn't worked out much of this story. What I had was a stinker. What I had was an idea that was a non-starter. But like so many writers, I had made the mistake of breaking my, even my own rules and, and not going through the process of finding out whether I had a good idea or not. Um, 
another inspiration for writing Save the Cat was a similar episode that I had with a Disney writer that I know. This uh, writer is uh, sold a lot of spec scripts, gets hired all the time. And, of course, I dropped by his house, you know, just to say hi and made the fatal error of saying, uh, you know, what you working on? <laughs> to which he said those two horrible words no one wants to hear, sit down. <laughs> he then began to proceed to tell me his, his idea, scene by scene. And, and what I realized 20 minutes in was the reason he couldn't tell me what his movie was about was that he didn't have an idea. What he had was what we all have as writers, as creative people. We have a powerful imagination. And what we have is a sense that when we come up with an idea, that in and of itself, that should be enough. And it's not. Uh, I like to call this the smell of the rain on the road at dawn. That sort of, you know, that inspiration where we suddenly go, ah, oh, I see it, I got it. And, and we get these pieces of inspiration all kinds of different ways. You know, I, I can be driving down the street and see a guy wearing a particular T-shirt and go, that's a movie. Well, it's not. <laughs> and the only way to figure out if it is or if it isn't is to actually pitch it. And this, this gets into the topic of the pitch versus the log line. Um, when we come up with concepts and when we're trying to fit them into um, uh, a marketable movie poster, um, we have two different ways to describe that inspiration in our heads. One is called the pitch, and one is called the logline. You'll get a lot of different um, assessments of what this actually means. But to me, the pitch is um, the fewest number of words. It's, it's verbal versus written, which is what the logline is. And in, in a sense, it's the most salesy way to say it. I hate to be that way, but that's what it really is. Um, short and sweet. Uh, the pitch might, might best be described as the elevator pitch. Um, and though there is no mythical elevator where you will get into the elevator and there will be a decision maker who can change your life with two minutes of you're on, um, it is a very important skill. Uh, in my imaginary elevator, I always get into the elevator and, and writing down the two floors with me is, is Jerry Bruckheimer, <laughs> I, I, you know, producer of Pirates of the Caribbean and the television series CSI. This is the guy who, uh, you know, I would love to be able to pitch movies to in between two floors. But that's kind of what all we get. Um, I don't want to be in an elevator and with Jerry on that fateful day when uh, he turns to me and say, hey, what you working on, Blake? I don't want to have to have, pull the emergency stop and say to Jerry, sit down. Uh, I, I need to tell him what my idea is in, in two floors. And that's where the pitch comes in. If this instance happened to me recently, I'd tell Jerry about my most recent spec screenplay sale. This is a movie called Granny. This is a script that um, uh, my co-writer David Stevens and I wrote and sold. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a horror film. But here's how I would uh, pitch it. As, as much as, as the pitch is great, it, the, the reason for the sale is we executed on the, the, the concept very well. David and I worked very well together on that. But the pitch can't be denied. So if I'm in the elevator and Jerry Bruckheimer turns to me and says, what you working on? I would tell him about Granny. Well, Jerry, I'd say, Granny is a PG-13 horror flick. It's about a, a senior serial killer who kills teenagers who violate the rules of etiquette. Ah, and here's the poster line, Jerry. Granny, she's off her rocker. Ding. In two floors, I've given 
um, Jerry the pitch for Granny. And I'm very proud of that pitch. In a sense, it, it really does encapsulate what that movie is. We'll get into it in a moment, uh, what the logline is and how that's slightly different. But the point of it is, for now, I have caught his attention. I've done the one thing, too, that all good uh, movie ideas must do, which is whether Jerry wants to make that movie or even go see it, um, if somebody asks him about what it is, he can tell them in, in, in the same sort of short um, sentences. He can tell others about it. Now, I think anything is sort of fair game for a pitch. In the book, I talk about the problem of re- referring to other movies in, as your pitch. But you know the truth of it is? I do it all the time. Um, I always reference other movies. And sometimes it's, it's kind of the easiest way to uh, understand what your movie is. Uh, for instance, a, a writer came into our uh, workshop uh, last year, uh, Robert Henney. And here was his pitch. Um, it's a family comedy. And, uh, and here it's reverse big. Okay, we know what reverse big is. Big is this movie where um, a little boy becomes Tom Hanks. Well, reverse big indicates that it would be the reverse. And the, t- the title of his movie was Pee Wee. Well, this is a movie that uh, Robert went on to option. Uh, he wrote that out in our, uh, worked that out in our class, wrote that script, optioned that script. And part of the reason he did is because it's a great pitch. I understand what it is right away. The good ones are the ones where um, you are really can't wait to tell people about. I can't wait to pitch people, Granny. And there's lots of the ones that I pitch that, that I think fall into that same category, and you should, you should think that too. Um, how do you test those pitches? I say go to Starbucks. I say stand in line at Starbucks and, and tell people what you're working on. Uh, you know, it's an important factor. Pitch it out. Find out. You know, you just like my example with Twinkle. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you, you know, if I had pitched that idea out, I would have found out a lot sooner uh, that that movie really, really was a non-starter. Um, but because I held on to it, because I sort of feared that all those things, all those indicating factors about, you know, uh, what it, that it was really a bad idea, I didn't have a chance. So um, now that you have your sort of pitch, um, you know, what is the, what is the logline and how does that work? Well, the logline to me is um, this movie uh, in a sentence. And now you really start to break out story. Uh, the difference between the pitch and the logline is not only uh, short and sweet kind of versus a little bit longer. I think it's also verbal for the pitch and written for the logline. Um, we talk in pitches and we communicate in emails and, and uh, email queries and uh, query letters in logline. What's your movie? Well, you don't want a whole paragraph. Give me the logline. And that's what we want to create. Well, uh, I've come up with some, some really important rules for what I think makes for a good logline. Um, let's start with the basics. I think you have four basic um, components for a good logline. Uh, a type of protagonist, a type of antagonist, a conflict, and an open-ended question. Um, by type, I mean adjective, adjective protagonist adjective antagonist. Conflict is easy. We, we want to see a conflict in every story we see. Even in, even in 40-year-old virgin, there is, there is an inherent conflict uh, that's also primal. You know, will Steve implode? <laughs> will, he, will, he get to, uh, will he get through this, uh, this, this state of being a virgin at 40 
um, without without you know something terrible happening to him. Um, so there's an inherent conflict built in there, and the open-ended question of a good logline is sort of the um, the the if it was a musical equivalent, it would be sort of the musical sustain. You come to the end of a good logline and sort of like a mm, you know, what will happen? The kind of dramatic radio sting, what will happen? In a good logline, you don't want to, for instance, give away, oh, the murderer is the guy's boss. Uh, you don't want to say, if you're, if you're writing the logline for Citizen Kane, oh, by the way, the, the sled is named Rosebud. You want to have a lingering reason for wanting someone to be interested in your film. And also, in the case of trying to sell it, you want somebody to say, send me that thing, because I don't know what happens and I want to. Well, in, in, in my uh, workshops, I talk about both. Uh, the way the workshops work is we have up to 12 writers who come in on a Saturday morning. And they will start with just the pitch. They will come in and, and sort of pitch out um, their, their movie ideas. We'll hear th- from each writer, 12 writers, three different ideas. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. But what you find as you go around the room and hear pitch after pitch after pitch is the ones that work and the ones that don't are just very obvious. Um, many times I've, I've been in a class where um, the writer will come in with the surefire one. The one they are sure is great and they want to work on. And they'll pitch it out and crickets, nothing. The room is silent or worse. People will say, oh, good. <laughs> That's... This is not a good sign when people say, good. <laughs> it means it may be in English. It means there's maybe some drama connected to it, but really it's just not something we want to jump out of our seats and see. Well, one of, one of the writers who came to class is um, a guy named Ben Fromm, a young guy from Cornell when he, who came out here to Los Angeles and wanted to break into screenwriting. And he did with his very first screenplay. He's one of those wonderful cases of a guy who really wanted to succeed and figured out how to make it work and did. And here's what he came into, into our class with. Um, he came into class with two ideas that we all said, good. And then we said, what else are you working on, Ben? What else have you got? And he said, well, I got this other thing. It's, not, it's nothing. Yeah, tell us. Tell us. No, it's like I thought of it in the shower. Tell us, Ben. And he did. What Ben pitched was a movie called Doctor Sensitive. It's a movie about a doctor who's sort of insensitive when we start this movie, kind of uh, very smart and, and talented, but not very good in his bedside manner, who, in the course of an accident, suddenly can feel everyone's pain. Now, isn't that brilliant? I just love that idea. Doctor Sensitive. It's kind of like Liar Liar, except with a lawyer, it's with a doctor, right? Aren't we talking about concept? And aren't we seeing this as sort of a Tom Shadyac kind of Jim Carrey kind of movie? Yes, we are. So when Ben pitched that idea, we practically jumped across the table at him. My God, Ben, you've got gold. Well, guess what happened? Ben went on to work on that story. Um, He he sent out a series of email queries, which I'll talk about at the end of this hour. Um, And he hooked up with uh, a company called Underground Management, uh, further developed the script, and Ben Fromm went on to write that script and sell it to, guess who? Tom Shadiak, Universal. To me, when I heard that news, I was so incredibly excited. I was just coming back from a speech that I was giving out in the Valley. My phone rings. Ben tells me this exciting news. And I got to tell you, i far more excited for Ben Fromm than I ever was for any of my sales. It is such a great 
pleasure to see this technique and these um, tools work for others. It works, it keeps working, and it's because it's all about the basics of communication. But Ben did it. He hit it out of the ballpark. He did everything he was supposed to do. And it started with this great, great concept. Um, the other thing we will start to do as we work, as we pick a concept that we'll work on in that class during the weekend is we'll make a writer write the log line. And we don't ask that the log line be perfect that weekend. The log line is something you have to sort of massage and keep working on and keep working on and keep working on. This is really a, um, a 25, you know, one sentence, couple of sentences, again, very short. Are we kind of getting the idea that pithy is good? Yes, we are. Um, but it has to be meet certain requirements. And as I said, um, four different things for the basics. A type of protagonist, a type of antagonist, a conflict, and an open-ended question. Well, here are some pitches that I am working on. These are current Snyder pitches and projects that I'm actually working on pitching. Um, the first one is, is for a, uh, a family comedy. It is kind of a combination live-action animation piece. Um, it is... Uh, it is uh, what's called a four-quadrant as, as the target audience. This is the, the same target audience that Pixar um, has, usually, for their films. By four-quadrant, I mean men above 25, men below 25, women above 25, women below 25, the four quadrants. If you pull from these four quadrants, you get, a, you get Shrek, you get Cars, you get Finding Nemo, and that's, you get great success, which is what Pixar has done. Well, this is my attempt. Wahaha! Um, this is also my attempt to one day please have a have a um, McDonald's Happy Meal tied into one of my films. Please, um, this is a movie called Space Babies, family comedy. Uh, and here's the, here's the logline: A childless couple runs afoul of their gated community, and a jealous former suitor of the wife's when they rescue five infants from a crashed. Meteor. Do you get it? What this is about is, we're, I'll, I'll read it one more time. Space Babies, a childless couple runs afoul of their gated community and a jealous former suitor of the wife's when they rescue five infants from a crashed meteor. Well, clearly what we're doing here is we're going to cast two, you know, well-known actors in their 30s. You know, up until recently it would have been like a Ben Stiller kind of character and Jennifer Aniston perhaps. Um, and their situation is clear, childless. That's the adjective connected to the protagonist that they are. Well, who's the conflict? Well, there's a couple, the gated community that they live in. This is obviously a place that has a lot of rules and maybe not doesn't even like them because they don't have kids. We also have a jealous former suitor of the wives. This is kind of the, the Alec Baldwin part. Um, this is the guy who's been dogging mom for years, saying, jump that loser, marry me, I can give you lots of kids. He's, you know, Mr. Sperm Count, um, and lets her know that. Um, and, and here's the situation. They rescue five infants from a crashed meteor. Um, space babies implies that what they really are are little babies from outer space, and thus the happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, mommy, can we collect all five space babies at McDonald's? Yes, yes. And if you do collect all five, for $1.99, you can, you can buy the little spaceship they came in. See? <laughs> it works great. Um, so space babies is, is kind of a, a, a good example of a good logline. Uh, I have given you the requirements for everything that a, that a satisfactory logline should have. Um, 
a type of protagonist, a type of antagonist, a conflict, and an open-ended question. But what I've also done with this logline is sort of imply a story. Um, childless implies a deficit at the beginning of this film. There's a problem for this couple, and every good movie is about a problem. There's also sort of a sense of, by the end of this film, something about that will be resolved, uh, whether they keep the children, get some of their own, or you know, you know, somehow fix this problem, they will. Uh, the kind of the musical sustain at the end of this sentence lets us know that we don't know what happened, then we don't care. We just know that the situation is interesting in and of itself. To me, I think this is a pretty darn good logline. But it also has four other things that I think a good logline should have, and this is I talk about again in, in Save the Cat. The other elements that a good logline must have. You know, it's in the book, but I'll say it slowly because it's really important. Um, number one, a good logline must have a sense of irony. Number two, a good logline must have a sense that it's a, a mental image that blooms in your mind. When I say it, your, your mind fills with pictures. Number three, it must have a sense of audience and cost. And number four, it must have a killer title. Well, is Space Babies a killer title? Kind of. But it does the one thing that I think every good title um, should do, and that it, it says what it is. Um, in, the, um, in the book, I talk about a movie called Four Christmases, um, and I cite this as an example of a good four-quadrant picture. Um, this was just at the time I wrote the book in 2003. Um, this was just a, a logline that I pulled off of the uh, spec screenplay sales for that week. Well, son of a gun. That movie finally went into production with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. And just as I sort of had predicted, it was about a young couple who was finding their way in their, in their relationship, At stunt casted with uh, people like Robert Duvall and others, just like I kind of talked about in the movie. But I also, at the, at the, at the time I wrote the book, um, it, it kind of screamed out as a, a good commercial idea. It's one of those ones that would make a lot of sense for a film. Now, uh, I, at any rate, um, these are sort of the requirements. And just to let you know that I don't think about family comedies exclusively, here's a couple of other ones that are in my quiver. Um, here's another movie, uh, another logline. Emerald City, crime drama. Uh, disgraced cop. What kind of cop? Disgraced cop called up by the National Guard and sent to Iraq discovers a string of local murders with the same M.O., modus operandi, as an unsolved case back home. Pretty cool. This is a crime drama. It describes a, um, a disgraced cop who, sent to Iraq, um, d discovers that there are murders that are just like the ones that were back home. Um, this is kind of like, you know, a murder investigation in the middle of a war zone. Pretty cool. Here's a couple of others. Um, Mr. First Lady comedy. Okay, I like comedies. Okay, I admit it. An average guy. What kind of guy? An average guy. Becomes the target of the media and an opposition senator when his wife is elected the first woman president of the United States. Sort of the, the Bill Clinton story of some, in some ways. Um, at any rate, uh, here's, here's, these components are, are in here too. Here's la a final, a last one. This is a horror movie, like Granny. Uh, mannequin, except it's spelled a little differently. I spell it M-A-N-N-I-K-I-N. Ooh, cool. Uh, a horror movie. 
a window dresser in a soon-to-be-condemned inner-city department store is convinced a series of grisly murders are being committed by an evil dressmaker's dummy. Ooh, pretty cool. Well, these are all kind of examples of log lines, and they meet pretty much the, the first requirements that I've, I've given you. Uh, we have to have a type of protagonist, a type of antagonist, a conflict, and an open-ended question. Each one of these uh, movie ideas ends sort of in that musical sustain I mentioned before. What will happen? Well, that's what a good logline should do. It makes you want to reach out and say, send me that script. But I think a good logline, a good idea also, has to have four more qualities. Uh, and I talk about this in Save the Cat as well. The four elements that I think make for really successful ideas are, successful loglines are, number one, a sense of irony. Number two, a mental image that blooms in your mind. Number three, a sense of audience and cost. And finally, number four, a killer title. Irony, mental images that bloom in your mind audience and cost, and killer title. This, I think, elevates the average um, uh, logline, the average idea, into something that's a little bit better. Let's go through these. Number one, irony. Uh, this was sort of discovered by my writing partner at the time, the fabulous uh, Colby Carr. We wrote a blank check together. Great writer, great guy. Uh, and he's. we were looking through the list of movies that had sold that week in The Hollywood Reporter, as we always did, competitive guys that we were, <laughs> wanted to see what everybody else was selling. And Colby's going through the list, and he suddenly goes, you know what? Every one of these log lines has irony in it. And I thought, Colby, you are a genius. That is absolutely correct. If you look at any good log line, even the ones that we just pitched before, there has to be a sense of irony. Irony really is hook. It's really the sizzle of a good idea. And what it is basically is sort of the left turn. Um, you're going along thinking this movie idea is one thing when in fact it turns out to be something else. And I'll give you an example. Let's look at the logline or the pitch for Die Hard. This is the Bruce Willis movie that came out in 1988, the famous Die Hard. Well, the logline is pretty, pretty simple. A street cop visits his estranged wife, a businesswoman in Los Angeles, and her building is taken over by terrorists. Well, that left turn is sort of the irony of that idea. This is not what you expect to have happen when you visit your ex-wife in Los Angeles. Here's another one. Pretty woman. A businessman, Richard Gere, falls in love with a, uh, well, hi hires a prostitute for the weekend. That's the, that's the setup. And they fall in love. Uh, this is not something you expect to have happen. Uh, perhaps in Los Angeles, but um, anyway, Pretty Woman is sort of the, th that is the left turn, that is the ironic hook of, of that particular logline, and each of the ones that I described has that in it. The second thing I think a good, uh, a really superior logline has is a sense that when we pitch it out, it, images bloom in your mind. In other words, when I tell you these very few words, suddenly images and ideas and, and, and all kinds of suggestions about what this movie could be pop into your brain. I like to say that a good movie idea, a good logline, is like uh, dropping a flare in the middle of a diamond mine. Bang! Suddenly images and pictures and sparkles just come to you because you see such an amazing uh, possibility of what this movie could be.
Uh, this is one reason why I like to go and pitch my movie ideas. I go into Starbucks and I buttonhole the guy in front of me in line and I start telling him about my idea. And the good ones, the ones that really pop, are the ones where the guy I'm telling it to says, ooh, ooh, how, you could add this into that idea. And ooh, 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 how about that? But the really good log lines are the ones where the person behind you, eavesdropping, um, jumps into the conversation as well. Why? It's because it, this idea has, has images and pictures that just come to mind when you say it. And I find this a lot in class as well. As I described earlier, you know, when someone pitches out a good idea, those are the ones where everyone just jumps across the table and says, oh, how about this? You could add this into it. And I think that's a really important factor in any good logline. Number three is a sense of audience and cost. Uh, and this is something that we as screenwriters really must address more, more I think, particularly than, than, than most. Um, we can't forget that a screenplay is really a blueprint for further action. In and of itself, it is not the finished product. Uh, it is, as I say, sort of a business plan. It's sort of a proposal for doing something more with it. Um, it's not like a novel, which can be in and of itself finished when you write the end. This is something that has to be made. So inviting someone to invest in your film is about figuring out who it's for. And this is something, oddly, that screenwriters don't ask all the time. Who is your movie for? (laughs) When I ask a writer that and their stunned kind of expression, it tells me that they really haven't thought about it, and they should. Um, There are many types of audiences. I've told you about the four-quadrant audience, the family film. Um, I've told you about, uh, in the past, um, you know, the the rom-com audience, which is sort of the date movie. There are all kinds of different audiences, but whoever you're targeting, you must know who your movie is for and what it's going to cost. This also applies to, you know, the independent world. I love independent movies. I'm a, you know, I think the rules of, of what I talk about in Save the Cat apply directly to the independent world. It's all the same. But you know, it's a slightly different audience. It's a slightly different cost. And you must be aware of what that is. Finally, the fourth thing that I think is important for any good movie idea is a killer title. Uh, a good title is gold. And it, this kind of gets us back to the problem of the island versus 40-year-old virgin. One of the big problems with the compare and contrast with those two films is The Island is really a lousy title. I hate to say it, but it is. The Island doesn't tell me anything about what this movie is about. Um, you know, are there castaways? Is, is Dr. Moreau involved? We don't know. Um, whereas The 40-Year-Old Virgin is something that immediately intrigues me. Good titles are very, very important. It's not everything, but it, uh, it really is a, a good start. Um, and many times I've actually started with the title. Um, and built the the script from that. This is how uh, Jim Hagen and I, my co-screenwriter, Jim Hagen, we wrote a movie called Nuclear Family, which we sold in one of those great bidding wars to Steven Spielberg. Um, And this basically started with a title. We wanted to find an irony to that title, Nuclear Family, and we came up with a plot to match. But the the title was so strong that we, we, we needed, we tried to find a way to to make a story that matched for it. So all these four components are really important. Um, not only do we cover the basics of a type of protagonist, type of antagonist, conflict, an open-ended question that must be in every logline, but these four are sort of the booster rockets, the additional things that every good, really good logline must have. Irony, um, 
the uh, mental image that blooms in our mind, the sense of audience and cost, and finally a great title. All these things contribute to someone saying when they read your logline going, send me that script, get that to me as fast as you can, because that's what we're really uh, talking about. All of this is what I like to say the, the coin of the realm. A good logline is, is gold. Um, and, and the reason it works and is so important is if I'm a writer and I come up with a wonderful idea and I can encapsulate it into something I can tell, I want to try it out on other people. I want to try it out on what I call civilians. Go out to Starbucks. Go out to, to people who aren't necessarily in the movie business and pitch it to them. Um, and then when I finally got to have a good one, something that I can't wait to like spring on someone – I find out immediately if that's the case when I call my manager or my agent. Call them up and, and spring this movie idea on them. And wow, just like my excitement about can't, I can't wait to tell my manager. Well, suddenly my manager can't wait to tell a producer. And the producer can't wait to tell the studio. And guess what? The studio can't wait to tell you. Um, it's, a, it's a circle from me uh, to my manager to the producer to the studio and back to the audience. The, the method is the same. Is it a great idea? Do I love it? Do I, does it jump at me? Does I, do I just, I can't, I can't wait to see this movie? Well, that is, that is the true test, the ultimate test of a good movie idea. I like to think about my audience driving down the freeway at 70 miles an hour. You know, they look over at the right and there's a cineplex and they, you know, look at it for two seconds and then resume driving. Well, what did they see? In all those posters and all those movies ideas, what did they see? Well, what I like to also add here is something I'm talking about in my third book now called Save the Cat Strikes Back. This is subtitled More Trouble for Screenwriters to Get Into and Out of. Um, I'm going to be talking in that book, and I'm very excited about getting this uh, out there. I'm talking about um, some of the trouble areas that that, uh, (laughs) screenwriters sort of paint themselves into. And uh, in this book, I'll be talking a a lot about um, idea generation and what's a good one versus what's a bad one and how do we know. In the first chapter of that book, I describe my my trouble with the movie Twinkle and my pitch and where it went wrong. I describe the sort of the smell of the rain on the road at dawn that, that many writers experience when they're inspired to write something. Here are some other warnings for good, bad, or indifferent in terms of what makes for a good log line. And I'll, I'll tell you the things that I have found to be patterns in terms of uh, hearing ideas from people. Three main problems, I find. Uh, you know, to me, this, uh, you know, send me your log line is sort of like the I found money in the street, can I keep it hotline? It's the, uh, you know, the antiques roadshow. I bring you this little tchotchke that I found in my, in my attic. Is it a, a something, you know, best left dusty? Do I, <laughs> or do, does it belong in the Smithsonian? Pitch away. I love to hear them. But here are some warnings for you, because here, in my experience, is what I found in the last few years. The problems with those ideas that come to me are um, three different things. Too plain, too complicated, or my favorite, hiding the ball. Too plain is obvious. Many times I'll get an idea where it's, you know... um, a bachelor goes on a uh, you know a bachelor weekend in Las Vegas. He's about to get married, and he wakes up married to the wrong girl. 
okay, all right, it's all right. It's sort of plain. It doesn't make, necessarily make me want to run out and see this film. So I get a lot of log lines that are like that. Yes, they have the requirements that I talk about. They have the four basic elements of protagonist, antagonist, conflict, open-ended question. But in and of itself, my response is generally, so what? Um, what about this idea is unique? What about this idea makes me want to run to the cineplex and see this film? And your, your response to me may, may well be, oh, but the script is better. And my response will be, I, I don't know. I doubt it. Many times a bad idea will just lead to a bad script. Um, and that's certainly been my experience in the past. Uh, you, I may be wrong, but many times the plain, the simple uh, concept is really not a great movie idea. It, that's one. Number two is too complicated. I get this a lot. You know, I ask that you pitch me one or two lines. Pitch me simply. Pitch me pithily. But if you have to stand back and get more oxygen in the room before you let me, let me have your pitch, I'm waiting for too complicated. Many, many times I'll hear, well, this is the story about the cousin of the king who went this and this and this, and it's suddenly paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. You cannot get it down to one idea. Well, many times it's because the idea is too complicated, and that's why you can't funnel it down into this simple logline. And no matter how great it is and no matter how inspired it is, you are to write it, you have got to communicate the ideas in, in simple terms. And if you can't, I will, I will write you back and say, too complicated, and ask you to try again. But my favorite, of course, is hiding the ball. And this is one we all do. This is one writers do all the time. Hiding the ball, basically, is I, I got one, uh, an email one time from a, a writer, and here was the basic pitch. Here was the basic logline. A detective, uh, uh, on the case of, a, of a, tracking a serial killer, uh, discovers something that challenges his sense of logic and the supernatural. That was it. Okay, so I wrote back to her and I said, you know, basically, too plain. This is, this is an idea that I could, I could see on any episode of Law and Order. Why should I in invest $10 in seeing your movie? Well, she wrote back. She didn't want to give it away. <laughs> give what away, I, I wrote back to her. Well, the reincarnation story. The what? Well, six emails later, what it turns out is this is not just a, your ordinary police detective. This is a police detective who is tracking a killer who turns out to be himself. This is a reincarnation story. It's a supernatural reincarnation story. But she didn't want to tell us what the movie was about because she didn't want to give it away. Well, folks, I got to tell you, I will not ask to see for, uh, ask for that script based on that logline. And no one else will either. And this is kind of the problem I get back to with the island. Uh, turns out that one of the reasons the island uh, couldn't tell us what their movie was about was the subject and the story of the island was a secret. The secret was Scarlett Johansson, in all her pulchritude, was actually a clone for her real other self. My short pitch is it's Logan's run with organ donors. But they couldn't tell us that because they didn't want to give it away. Well, just like me not asking for the script based on the logline that I got from this writer, audiences did not go running to the, to the island either. Why? Because the producers decided that it was better to keep the secret and, and really 
it was a mistake. I would much rather know that Scarlett Johansson is a clone being pursued by these horrible people and, uh, you know, being under the knife of, of somebody who wants her kidneys. <laughs> At least it's a primal situation. But by hiding the ball, I didn't know any of that, and therefore I wasn't interested in going. So these three things are problem areas, and I'll talk about that in book number three. But for now, just, just know too plain, too complicated, and hiding the ball are, are three main mistakes that writers make when they're pitching me uh, log lines. Um, I've given you all kinds of great advice, I think, in terms of what, how to formulate these log lines, and still you come up short. Is it too plain? Is it too complicated? Am I really telling the whole story here? That gets down to uh, something that we do have a little time for, hopefully, and that is um, the subject of now that you have a wonderful idea, what are you going to do with it? Well, of course, you're going to, you're going to write that idea out. For now, know that a good logline, like I say, is the coin of the realm. And when you have a finished script and can describe it in a couple of sentences, you're going to be asked to send email queries and query letters to agents, producers, managers, people who are interested in seeing your film. Uh, and there are lots of them. Uh, people ask me all the time, what are they looking for? What do people want to see in Hollywood? What do they want to buy? Well, the truth of it is, is they're always looking for a high-concept comedy. They're always looking for a new a way to do a rom-com, and it's a very challenging feat. They're always looking for those great action thrillers, and they're always looking for something that's uh, considered horror. But what they're always looking for is a great idea. And the great idea is in your control. You, with your laptop computer, your notebook, your, your beautiful imagination can come up with that thing that excites us. It's just a matter of um, following through on the requirements of what that is. If you can come up with something that really tickles us, something that makes us want to jump across the table or jump into our car and come down and see a film, you have got gold. And I can't tell you, what, whatever your, your background, whether you've done this before and sold a million scripts and are just looking for new techniques to sell more, if you've never done this before and you're, you're trying to um, break into this business, um, if, no matter what your situation is, if you're in TV and now want to get into film, um, the idea, the concept is still king. And if you can come up with this gold, if you can dazzle us with your imagination, if you can intrigue us with these primal qualities that we've talked about, we will come. We will uh, ask to see your script, and we will get it made and go and see your movie. So in my opinion, there have never been better opportunities for writers ever. Um, there is the independent world. There is the studio world. And no one... Uh, is stopping you from getting your movie idea uh, uh, written and made. Uh, this is the YouTube generation. Getting it out there is easy, but the, the, tr the hurdle is the same. Will anyone tune in? Will anyone care? It starts with concept. It starts with the idea. And if you can uh, harness your, your great imagination and turn out these ideas, you too will succeed in the screenwriting business.